0: Magister Bill M. here with The Devil's Mischief. This year, we've been celebrating 20 years of The Devil's Mischief, taking a look back at select episodes. There's so much to choose from. If you have some particular favorites you'd like to re-hear, or just want to drop a line in general, you can email me. Bill at devilsmischief.com is the email address. And of course, the official website for the show is devilsmischief.com. And one of the episodes we dug up from the archives was episode 100. That was some months back, and this time we're going to listen to episode 500. Antoine LaVey pointed out in the Satanic Bible that the Black Mass doesn't really pack the punch it used to, since the Catholic Church is no longer the biggest sacred cow in town. In fact, if anything, it's kind of become quite in style to poke fun at them. So, a true black mass by today's standards would include the blaspheming of things which are today's sacred cows. And that was the theme I decided to go with for this episode. It was several years back, but I think a lot of it still applies. So let's have a listen now to episode number 500 of The Devil's Mischief as we continue to celebrate 20 years of carnal comedy and netherworld novelty on Radio Free Satan.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and hermaphrodites of all ages, Radio Free Satan presents episode number 500 of The Devil's Mischief. And now, to celebrate 11 years of carnal comedy clips and netherworld novelty numbers, here is your host, the one, the only, Reverend Bill M.
0: Thank you, Satan Bear. That was Satan Bear introducing you to episode number 500 of The Devil's Mischief. I don't know what else to say that I didn't already say last year when The Devil's Mischief was celebrating its 10th anniversary. I'm proud to have reached this milestone too, episode number 500. And I'm thankful to those of you who've tuned in over the years. To the people who've known about this show throughout all these years but never really listened until now, well, Christ, it's about fucking time. So with 500 being the big round number that it is, I know there was a demand to do something special with it. I had a hard enough time trying to decide what to put together last year for the 10-year anniversary episodes. I'm going to talk a lot for the next five or six minutes, though, not about the history of the show or the past 499 episodes. Again, you know, I already did plenty of that sort of talk last year with the 10th anniversary. Now my talk begins with a little story that I'd like to share which also leads us to what this episode is all about. Back in late April 2014 when I knew that episode number 500 was fast approaching, I did finally come up with a theme that sounded like a good one to use. Now this year Easter Sunday fell on April 20th, so on the 19th I told everybody on Facebook, or rather, Satan Bear told everybody on Facebook. Hey, I'm going to change my avatar to something really blasphemous tomorrow. I mean, something that's really offensive and, you know, carves a true sacred cow of today. And one of my friends said, ooh, is going to be pictures of this butt plug that's shaped like the baby Jesus? I said, nope, worse than that. So Easter Sunday comes, and again, Easter Sunday was on April 20th this year, 420, a favorite number of marijuana users. So I changed my avatar to a very simple picture of a pot leaf with a red circle and a slash over it, you know, an anti-pot sign. That caused quite a commotion. Some people unfriended me, I had trolling comments that I had to delete, people tried to debate me on why alcohol is far worse than marijuana. And, in effect, I'd say that they all proved my point. My point was that, you know, you can make Jesus jokes these days and nobody on Facebook is really gonna give you a hate mail. You can send Holocaust jokes to your friends, or child molestation jokes, and as tasteless as those kind of jokes can be, it's kind of easy, tastelessness. It's predictable, watered down now, sort of as a topic for shock and outrage. I could have an avatar of an upside-down cross, no problem. I could have an avatar of a swastika, eh, probably wouldn't get much hate mail from that, really. But you make an avatar against marijuana, whoa. Whoa. Now let the hate mail flow. Equally annoying, though, were the people who felt they had to stop and post, Well, I don't smoke pot, but I'm still in favor of legalization for medical reasons. Which, to me, is not really all that different from, say, like, if I posted a photo of the baby Jesus butt plug that I mentioned, and somebody replied with, Well, I'm not a Christian, but I still think that Jesus was a cool guy. I mean, in both cases, it sounds to me like somebody feels they have to include that statement. You know, they get self-righteous and they feel they have to justify why they're responding to it. You know, sort of afraid to take too negative of a stance on it. Now, to be fair, there were plenty of readers who were smart enough to get the joke. I wasn't just changing my avatar to that anti-marijuana leaf pitcher because I hate pot. I mean, I do hate pot, as well as pot culture. And bashing POT on a day when Facebook was going to be overrun with people praising POT was certainly a motivating reason. But that wasn't the only reason why I did this little experiment. One of the statements that I was trying to make with all of this was, Hey, did any of you ever stop and notice that it's taboo to say something bad about POT? That you can find plenty of people doing religion bashing stuff, and you were probably expecting that today on Easter Sunday. But you can also hear people make jokes about the Holocaust, But it's not even socially acceptable to state that you dislike pot. I find that interesting. And one guy even tried to say, Oh, but it's still illegal in the 48 states, so it's not really accepted. No, no, no. The fact that pot laws haven't been overturned everywhere still doesn't change the fact that pot is one of those things that you're not really allowed to say anything bad about, according to the status quo. There is absolutely nothing rebellious about being a pot smoker these days. You'll probably get more dirty looks if you turn down a joint that somebody's passing you at a party than if you spark one up. So this got me thinking, what are some other things that we're seemingly not allowed to make fun of these days? I put this question to one person and she said, everything, Well, everything is considered offensive these days, you're not allowed to make fun of anything today without somebody complaining about being offended. Well, that may be true, but obviously there are some things that are more collectively taboo. It's not about personal offense, it's all about collective offense. That's what I'm looking into here. Not all jokes you share on Facebook are going to get, you know, the same amount of response and same amount of hate mail as others. You could make a joke about epilepsy, but you're probably not going to have ten people unfriend you over it in the next minute because of it. So if you haven't guessed by now, that's the theme of this hour for episode number 500. I've dug up an assortment of clips from past episodes which all have that same theme in mind, all things that, in my experience, I'm not allowed to make fun of. Modern day sacred cows, if you will. So what other sacred cows are there besides pot? Well, I think a glance at Facebook on any given day will give you a good clue. This hour, you will hear a comedic attack on such sacred cows as not only marijuana, but also the act of voting in presidential elections, the anti-smoking movement. And while we do see plenty of comedians making fun of different races, it's usually always somebody picking on their own demographic, so instead we'll be hearing some white comedians making fun of non-whites, non-Jews making fun of Jews. So many different topics we could cover, and there's no way to cover them all, but let's try to cover as many as possible. Starting with Bobcat Goldthwaite from 2003 on a sacred cow that millions of people take to deeply religious levels. A sacred cow known as Star Wars.
2: Oh, and I didn't
1: see Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones, you know why? No, not because they suck, but because I'm 40 years old and I've been laid. So I don't really give a shit about Star Wars anymore. Like an asshole, I went to Star Wars when they re-released it, not realizing that the whole audience was going to be these fucking uber nerds <laughs> who had memorized every goddamn frame of the movie, and they are going ape shit because Jabba the Hutt shows up in it. And he wasn't in it originally, and they had to let us all know that. Because they had the film memorized, and the nerds are going, they're going, fake, fake. Fake. Jabba the Hutt wasn't in it originally The scene is fake Like the movie is going to go Ah, fuck, you caught us Jabba was going to hide behind a rock And I hate it when people talk in a movie And I, I can't, you know what? I'll tell them to shut up if they're white I, You know, I will Like, I'm not racist, but that's the fucking reality. If you're a fucking cracker, I'm going to say, shut the fuck up. A row of brothers, I go, yeah, you know what? I bet you no one in this movie knew the bad guy was behind the door. That was good, good,
3: that was helpful. These guys are going, fake, fake.
1: And this is true. They were really all like a buzz, and I and I did snap. I go, yeah, Jabba the Hutt's fake. He's not like the real Chewbacca. <laughs> Listen, you fucking nerds, all this shit's fake. It's in outer space, all right. None of it happened. You know what? Even if it did happen, there wouldn't be an explosion, because outer space is a vacuum, and that means it's void of oxygen. And in order to create fire or an explosion, you need oxygen. In fact, in pure space, sound can't even travel. But I shouldn't have to explain this to you, because you're the fucking geeks who paid attention in physics while I was baked out of my fucking gourd. That's not what I really said. I wish I was that clever and took the high road. What I really said was, have any of you nerds ever seen a vagina? Could you pick a vagina out of a police lineup? If I had a vagina and a donut and a mop, could you tell me the difference between these things? Because the day you actually see a pussy, you're going to throw that Stormtrooper cookie jar right out the window. You're going to say, Star Wars, Schmar Wars, this pussy is great. I'm Bobcat Goldthwait, and you're listening to The Devil's Mischief on Radio Free Satan.
3: The whole is all the fucking same The TV shows Every sitcom is a fat stupid guy With a fucking quippy wife That's too hot to fuck him in real life And that Everyone's the same TV, I stopped watching TV Just cause Like I'm not a TV I thought I'd get more done Hey, you know what? I'm gonna get more done if I stop watching TV Nah Nah, just sit on the fucking internet I'm not a TV snob. Do you hate the fucking TV snobs The people... Why don't, you, why don't you read a book? You watch TV all day, read a book. Well, what the fuck? A book is escapism just like TV is, only it takes longer to do, and you can't share it with someone. You can't read a book and go, ah, that's funny. Do you think, oh, that's right, you're not reading it with me. <laughs> a, can't do that. But it's all escapism. It's a different form of escapism, but we're not doing shit. You watch TV for nine hours, I read a book for nine hours. Do you have laundry done? No, neither do I. Shut your fucking hole. We haven't done shit. You write a book, then you've done something. Then you can come stick your finger up my ass and tell me how much better you are than me. And you have a point. Till then. <laughs> Pointless. So much of it. The, 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 I mean, you can read... Bad books and watch good TV. What, what are you reading? How, uh, are you reading Tom Clancy? Oh, enlighten me about how much you learned. Wow, it read just like a screenplay without the product placement. I can almost see Harrison Ford in this book.
2: <laughs>
4: I like pot. I enjoy pot. Um, yeah! I like smoking. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, but but um. The one thing I don't like about pot is the uh, subculture it spawned. I think it's embarrassing and really juvenile and uncreative, and uh, I think the epitome of it is High Times Magazine. That is the most juvenile, immature publication. It's incredible. I mean, it's like a notch intellectually below Highlights for Children. It's like... I mean, they're both great to read when you're baked, but come on, you know? I mean, High Times... High Times, has they have centerfolds of (laughs) buds. I mean, I know people who take these centerfolds out and stick them up on their wall. I know these guys. I grew up with them. People are sitting there going, oh, man, did you check out April's Bud of the Month, man? That shit is awesome, man. It is so sweet and sexy and... Fuck, man. I, look at the fucking red hairs on that
2: fucking thing.
4: It's awesome, bud. Oh! Guys jerking off to pictures of weeds. It's And, and uh, the best thing I saw in High Times a couple months ago, the one with uh, Ozzy Osbourne on the cover, uh, holding the big bowl of weed up to the camera. And... Uh, on that one, it says, lower right-hand corner, it says, who really killed MLK? Yeah. <laughs> High Times. cracked the conspiracy. <laughs> they did it. They did it, man. New York Times ain't got shit on High Times. Yeah. they fucking Those great journalists sitting there. I would have loved to have been at that editorial meeting. That would have been great. Just a bunch of you know, baked guys sitting in a room silently waiting for the clock to turn 420, you know? <laughs> <Ding. sighs> this is the best time to get... All right. You know. All right, so get ready, man, because I got the story about who really killed MLKs. Stance for Martin Luther King. If you didn't know, okay. Um, seriously, man, because the shit I know is fucking intense, man. It is gonna knock the shit out of your ass into the toilet. It's gonna flush itself. That's how powerful. Because man, I was home. I was on the internet, man. Fucking getting in there, getting that shit in, taking it, getting it out. Put going here, out in there. You know what I mean? That's what's there. Don't call me paranoid, man. Billy, I know you're about to call me paranoid, and I got a saying, brother. How can I be paranoid if the paranoid motherfuckers who make me paranoid are really out there? (laughs) That's... I saw that, man. One of those uh, sticker things you put on the back of a bumper, you know, a car bumper. I can't remember what they're called, but they're, like, stickers put on a bumper. And the best one I ever saw, man, seriously. Dude, best one. I've seen this a couple times. It's my favorite, man. It it just says... says, who farted? <laughs>
2: that's
4: awesome, man. I'll, if I see that, i am fucking ride up and roll down my window and I'll go, Eh-eh. Hey, man, me, I farted.
2: <laughs>
4: you know, and it brings people together. It's cool. So anyway, that's basically my story, my theory. And, uh, you know, print it up, you know. Don't keep that shit to yourself.
5: hey, we have to respect his beliefs. You know, you gotta, you've got to respect everybody's beliefs. No, you don't. That's what gets us in trouble. You have to, look, you have to acknowledge everyone's beliefs. And then you have to reserve the right to go, that is fucking stupid. Are you kidding me? I acknowledge you believe that. That's great. But I'm not going to respect it. I have an uncle who believes he saw Sasquatch. We do not believe him, nor do we respect him. <laughs> what if I 1,000% believed, and I believe this 1000 what if I believed that there was a giant, invisible anus hovering over me, and if I wasn't nice and helpful and courteous and charitable to everyone I met, the anus would appear, suck me up into it, and I would be devoured by shit piranhas. <laughs> And I mean, and I believe this a thousand percent, I would be the nicest guy you ever met. You'd be like, "Pat, you're so helpful and charitable and, and, and courteous to people, why is that? And I will go, it's funny you should ask me that. You can't see it, but there's an invisible anus hovering over me. And if I'm not nice to everybody, it will appear and suck me up and I'll be eating. Well, I don't need to tell you about the shit piranhas. We all know about those, right? Your correct response would be, I acknowledge you believe that. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Please do not stop believing in the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because you're actually helping people out with your craziness. Don't stop believing in that stuff. Please, I beg you. Hi, this is Pat Oswald, and you're listening to The Devil's Mischief on Radio Free
1: State.
6: Join me, David Ingram They warned me Satan would be attractive Along with my co-host Me, the Impossible D As we give metal bands A colossal commentary Of constructive criticism
1: Alliteration
6: And throw in some witty banter for good measure
7: I think we're talking about uh, Jism Thanks for that mate I don't want anything blowing sideways.
3: Find us on metalbreakfastradio.com. This is Rebbing the Old Bishop. Darksentinel.dk.
2: Bugger the Gobblers.
3: And radiofreesatan.com. I had to resist it with so foamy. I'll knock it off or I'll give you a slap.
2: I'll, I like domination a
7: lot. Now there's one thing you might have noticed I don't complain about. Politicians. Everybody complains about politicians. Everybody says they suck. Well, where do people think these politicians come from? They don't fall out of the sky. They don't pass through a membrane from another reality. They come from American parents and American families, American homes, American schools, American churches, American businesses, and American universities, and they're elected by American citizens. This is the best we can do, folks. This is what we have to offer. It's what our system produces. Garbage in, garbage out. (laughs) If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, if you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. And term limits ain't going to do you any good. You're just going to wind up with a brand new bunch of selfish, ignorant Americans. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the politicians who suck. Maybe something else sucks around here. Like the public. Yeah, the public sucks. There's a nice campaign slogan for somebody. The public sucks, fuck hope. Fuck hope. Because if it's really just the fault of these politicians, then where are all the other bright people of conscience? Where are all the bright, honest, intelligent Americans ready to step in and save the nation and lead the way? We don't have people like that in this country. Everybody's at the mall scratching his ass, picking his nose, taking his credit card out of his fanny pack and buying a pair of sneakers with lights in them. <laughs> so I have solved this little political dilemma for myself in a very simple way. On election day, I stay home. I don't vote. Fuck him. Em. Fuck em. I don't vote. Two reasons. Two reasons I don't vote. First of all, it's meaningless this country was bought and sold and paid for a long time ago. The shit they shuffle around every four years, <laughs> doesn't mean a fucking thing. And secondly, I don't vote because I believe if you vote, you have no right to complain. People like to twist that around. I know. They say, they say, well, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. But where's the logic in that? If you vote and you elect dishonest, incompetent people, and they get into office and screw everything up, well, you are responsible for what they have done. You caused the problem. You voted them in. You have no right to complain. I, on the other hand, (laughs) who did not vote, who did not vote, who, in fact, did not even leave the House on Election Day... I'm in no way responsible for what these people have done and have every right to complain as loud as I want about the mess you created that I had nothing to do with. So I know that a little later on this year you're going to have another one of those really swell presidential elections that you like so much. You'll enjoy yourselves. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure as soon as the election is over, your country will improve immediately. As for me, I'll be home on that day doing essentially the same thing as you. The only difference is when I get finished masturbating, I'm going to have a little something to show for it, folks. Thank you very much.
0: You are listening to episode number 500 of The Devil's Mischief this week. It's a different kind of blasphemy as we take a look at modern day sacred cows. You may have heard about the Black Mass. That's a ritual that people used to do in past centuries to theatrically bash the big superpower at that time, the Catholic Church. Recently, I saw some group try to stage a Black Mass at a local Ivy League college working with one of those student groups on campus. Not real Satanists, but a group pretending to be Satanists who don't really understand Satanism and are just trying to generate attention for themselves. Shock value. As anybody who's read the Satanic Bible knows, the Black Mass isn't really the ritual of Satanism. It's just a parody of the Catholic Mass with no real purpose other than blaspheming for the sake of blaspheming. It was done in past centuries by secret societies, you know, bored aristocrats mostly. And there's a whole chapter about the Black Mass in the Satanic Bible, and here's a little quote from that chapter. Any ceremony considered a Black Mass must effectively shock and outrage, as this seems to be the measure of its success. In the Middle Ages, blaspheming the Holy Church was shocking. Now, however, the Church does not present the awesome image it did during the Inquisition. The traditional Black Mass is no longer an outrageous spectacle to the dilettante or renegade priest that it once was. If the Satanist wishes to create a ritual to blaspheme an accepted institution for the purpose of psychodrama, he is careful to choose one that is not in vogue to parody. Thus, he is truly stepping on a sacred cow. A Black Mass today, and remember that LeVay wrote this book in the late 1960s from San Francisco, would consist of blaspheming of such sacred topics as Eastern mysticism, psychiatry, the psychedelic movement ultra-liberalism, etc. Patriotism would be championed, drugs and their gurus would be defiled, acultural militants would be deified, and the decadence of ecclesiastical theologies might even be given a satanic boost. So that was a little excerpt from the Satanic Bible to put this in more perspective. You could think of this episode of the Devil's Mischief as a black mass of sorts, you know, in that respect. I've picked some of those modern sacred cows... Are there still a lot more of these we could do? Oh yeah, how about environmentalism? The environmentalist movement, that's quite a sacred cow. How about praising the smoking of cigarettes? Praising Fortune 500 companies or praising gluten or GMOs? How about praising CDs for their superiority over vinyl records? How about bashing modern day saints like the Dalai Lama or Morgan Freeman? Then of course you have musicians who have been deified, not Justin Bieber of course, because bashing him is more popular and in style than liking him. He's certainly in vogue to parody, as LeVay would put it, but there are certainly other musical acts that are sort of taboo to pick on, like John Lennon, or Lemmy, or Slayer. Now, if you heard one of these things that I listed and felt a little angry and are thinking, hey, but I actually like that, I disagree. Well, it's not about whether you agree or disagree. I like some of those things that I listed, too. But it is a fact, not an opinion, that certain things have been raised to levels of sacredness by the status quo, also known as the herd. Right now, let's hear Bobby Slayton, the pit bull of comedy, who's also white and male, with some race-based humor.
8: Speaking of that, that's, uh, then you look at David Copperfield, convincing Claudia Schiffer he's not gay, that's probably the best trick he's ever done. And here's a woman already who's looking at me, she doesn't like the gay jokes. You know, I swore that I wouldn't be talking to the audience a lot tonight, but I see these women. People always look at me like I'm some kind of jerk. Because I'm not politically correct, I'm sorry. If there was a gay comic up, you're making fun of straight people, which there are, and they do, and it's okay. And then you watch Deaf Comedy Jam, and there's black comics making fun of Whitey. And the Latino comedy shows on Showtime and HBO, and they're making fun of Whitey. And the women comics make fun of guys, and that's okay. But if a straight white guy makes fun of anybody, we're sexist, we're racist, we're not politically correct, and we're out of line. You can make a movie called White Men Can't Jump. You dare to make a movie called Black People Cannot seem to shut the hell up in a movie theater. Ah! And to my black friends here this evening, I don't mean to trivialize racism, but you know, enough's enough. I'm sick of walking on pins and needles. Like a lot of people, you don't even know what you can do anymore. You can't tell a joke in the workplace because a woman could sue you for sexual harassment. This is racist, that's sexist. You know, what was that big thing last year with Denny's restaurant chain, remember that? All these black people were picketing Denny's, saying Denny's was racist because it took him an hour to get served. Hey man, it's Denny's. <laughs> it takes white people an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, we're the ones that should be picketing. You got stuck in an hour, good for you. Denny's is anti-black. You go to Denny's, everything's black. The toast, the potatoes, the pancakes. Not a damn thing in that greasy spoon that's not black. Everybody's mad at the white man. Got guys blowing up federal buildings because they're mad at the government. Got the Latinos, did you see that last week right here in L.A.? Picketing all the networks, do you know about this? The Hispanics, the Mexicans, I don't know what the hell to call you this week. But the Mexican people were picketing the networks saying... That during prime time you will see no Latinos on TV. What are you talking about? You got cops. You got America's Most Wanted. Why? You have Adventures of the Highway Patrol. There are shows for everybody. If you took the time to check your local listings, instead of bitching so much, you'll see there's shows for everyone. Not you. There's an Asian guy in the front row. After Margaret Cho, you had your shot. It didn't work out. All right, back to the kitchen. Sorry, pal. What are you Chinese? You are Chinese. Well, okay. It's hard to tell. Sometimes you don't know with you guys, even you can't tell sometimes what Asian people are. Chinese guy, Japanese guy, Korean guy up on the stage, you all have the same haircuts, it's hard to tell your part. What is your name, my brother? Frank, Frank what? Chang, well, what a surprise. <laughs> Get a whole table of Chinese up front, what's your name? Ching Chang? wala bing bang, ooh ee, ah, bing bang. Hey, hey, by laughing at this crap, you're just encouraging me. Do you speak Chinese at all? Do you understand Chinese? You don't understand this, because it's an amazing language. I mean, imagine you just go for a couple of minutes. Chinese got to come out sooner or later. Chinese is one incredible language, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I talk fast. You know, I have an hour up here. I got a lot of stuff to tell you. At least I end sentences. At least I take a breath once in a while. You ever hear Chinese? It's like they talk till they run out of breath. They just go until there's no way I air in their body take a breath I'm an egg let your friend talk how do you the Chinese people catch that last thing though? Ah, when the words fade away what if we talk like that you see the Dodger giant game today bottom of the nine what happened take a breath tell me what happened I'm not saying that Asian people look alike but you know it's got to be the easiest job in the world has got to be one of those police sketch artists in Hong Kong I mean come on no matter who you decide to draw. That's the guy. Of course that's the guy. He's five foot one, he's got a haircut like Mo, and he's Chinese. What if we narrowed it down to a billion people? We should find him by sunset. But I don't mean to be racist. I'm not anti-Asian. Asian Asian people come to this country, they work their butts off, they they get along with everybody. Japanese, there's one group of people. It's not like they hate Americans. They come here and they they take our ideas. And let's be honest, the Japanese didn't really come up with anything. We came up with the car, they made it cheaper, they made it better. All right, we came up with baseball, they play it over there. What they do is they take stuff and they just make it better and sell it back to us. There's no reason to hate them. So reason to be a little angry, a little jealous, but the Japanese don't hate us. I've been to Japan. For God's sakes, they got a hard rock cafe, a Planet Hollywood, McDonald's, they got the gap, they play our music, they study our culture. And there's a Disneyland in Tokyo. What could be more American than Disneyland? Nothing. And they built one, which amazes me, because nobody in that country is tall enough to get on any of the rides. <laughs> I just hate it when you go to a Chinese restaurant and you get a waiter that doesn't understand English and they just agree with everything you say? See, it bothers me when immigrants come here and they don't ever learn how to speak English and then they get mad at you when you don't understand them. I'm sorry, I don't get that at all. I was in New York a few weeks ago seeing my family, what's left of them, and we meet in Chinatown for dinner. All my aunts and uncles and relatives, and if you ever have dinner with a bunch of old Jews, all they do is talk about how sick they are. They have contests to see who is the sickest one at the table. You've had a heart attack? I've had three heart attacks. Well, I have no heart. I'm dead. Okay, Grandma, Uncle Saul is dead. That's one dead Jew that beats three strokes. He's got a better hand. Game's over. Anyway, I'm sitting at this table with my Aunt Sheila. She's one of these typical old Jews from New York with the eyebrows shaved off and drawn back in up her head like a Klingon. And this Chinese waiter doesn't understand English, let alone old Jew English. And my aunt, who sounds like Jerry Lewis, oh, I don't want pork. Is there pork in here? And this waiter's going, yeah, yeah, what do you want? You want pork? I don't want pork, I don't want spicy, I don't want pork. Yo, we you want? You want some spicy pork? Yo, yo, we want some spicy pork? You will make me nuts, you want some spicy pork right here? Eight ninety five. Eight ninety five. 95 8 pork. I don't want pork, what are you, deaf? This is going on for 20 minutes, It's like this battle of the ancient cultures. It's like Godzilla and Rodan fighting it out. Eh, eh! me a pork, I don't want pork. But that's all they do, Chinese waiters. You ever get those guys and they just agree with whatever you ask them? Sir, I've got my kids with me. Is it spicy, is it sweet and sour? Oh, yes, sir. Oh, okay, my friend. Oh, spicy, everything. Oh, that's good, you get that. Are there crayons in this? Oh, everything, crayon, yes, sir. You bet, partner, okay, partner. Crayon, vegetable, yes, sir, okay. Everything, crayon, vegetable, everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, your head's on fire, you know that. Oh, yeah, head on fire, everything. Oh, boy, I don't file. Look, I'm saying you have every right to speak your language. You know what bothers me? My job is basically to communicate with people. And I have people walk into my show all the time. You know, they put warning signs outside of the club. People get offended over nothing. You know what I'm talking about. You're at a party, you make a joke, you say something to somebody, you're trying to be funny. Sometimes you're not trying to be funny, and people get offended over nothing. People get upset about sexual innuendos in Disney movies. I don't know where they see this shit, but supposedly they see it, and they're very upset. People will find anything to get angry about. Now, somebody walks out of me because they don't like me. It doesn't bother me. Because they don't like me, at least they understand what I'm saying. My job is to communicate with people. Whatever you do for a living, whether you work at McDonald's, whether you're a gardener and you got to talk to your boss, if you're a cleaning woman, you're a bank president, you have to communicate with people. And is it not frustrating when people don't understand what the hell you're talking about? Last week, I go to the DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicles, where in L.A., there's so many goddamn foreigners. It looks like that bar from Star Wars. (laughs) You see the guy with a dot and a towel on his head. He's half Klingon, half Pakistani. I don't know where he came from. He's there for, like, a new flying carpet license or something. Anyway, I'm online to renew my driver's license, and I want to pay for it. And as I get up to the guy working behind the counter, I don't know where the guy was from. One of these dickhead third-world countries. Pakistan, India, Nicaragua. And I mean that in the nicest way. The guy has on a name tag, and the name is, like, K-A-S-H-I-R, cashier or something. So I say to the guy, isn't that amazing? Your name is cashier." And that is what you do. 20 years of stand-up comedy, this is the funniest thing I've ever said. I made myself laugh, which isn't easy to do. And the son of a bitch doesn't get it. Yes, do you know me? I'm Kashir. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up. Never mind. Forget it. If we have any New Yorkers here or any people that have visited New York, God forbid you've got to fly to one of the New York airports, LaGuardia or Kennedy. You know, in the old days, you'd have cab drivers like the Bowery Boys. Hey, buddy, where you going? Old Jews, old Italians, white guys, you know? Now you get these people from these little islands in the Caribbean, you know, like Haitians who really have an attitude problem because they don't want to drive a cab. You know, they wanted the streets of New York City to be paved with gold when they got their little fat ass over here. In Haiti, I was a doctor. Hey, pal, in Haiti, I could be a doctor. <laughs> You're from Haiti, you jackass. How hard is it to be a doctor in Haiti? What do you need, a chicken foot and a band-aid? Ooda, booda. Ooda, Yum, yum. Eat them up. You get better me, Haiti doctor man. Oh, man. Last night I did some jokes about Mexico, and some Mexican gentlemen got very upset. I don't understand why people are so proud of where they're from. Guy was going to kick my ass, and I said, I'm not making fun of Mexicans, I'm making fun of Mexico. Guy says, I am from Mexico. Well, there's a key word, Paco, from. You are from there. Are you there now, you son of a bitch? Do you have any intention of going back to Mexico? You're from there because it sucks. My family came from Russia and Poland many years ago because those places suck. You have to wipe your ass with a rock and eat fish heads and made nine cents a week living in Poland, so they got out of there. You're from Mexico. How disgusting is Mexico? It's a dirty, filthy country, and you would think with all the cleaning women that come out of there... You would think that if each one of them picked up one piece of crap on the way over the fence, they'd have themselves a nice little area. And don't get me wrong, I love the Mexican people. Good people, hard working people. But how come every old Mexican woman is fat and every young Mexican woman is skinny? Yeah. I think the old Mexican women eat the young Mexican women. Hey kids, it's Bobby Slate in the Pitbull of Comedy. And you know what you're listening to? The Devil's Mischief. Right here on Radio Free Satan. Actually, you know what? It's Bobby Satan.
3: Yeah, baby. Rock and roll!
9: I love to smoke. I smoke 7,000 packs a day, okay? And I am never fucking quitting. I don't care how many laws they make. What's the law now? You can only smoke in your apartment, under a blanket, with all the lights out? Is that the rule now, huh? The cops are outside. We know you have the cigarettes. Come out of the house with the cigarettes above your head. You'll never get me, copper. I'm never coming out, see? I got a cigarette machine right here in my bedroom. (laughs) Know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get one of those tracheotomies so I can smoke two cigarettes at the same time. I'm going to get nine tracheotomies all the way around my neck. I'll be tracheotomy, man. He can smoke a pack at a time. He's tracheotomy, man. I'm looking forward to cancer, man. I want that throat cancer. That's the best kind. You know why? You get that throat cancer. They give you that voice box thing. know what I'm talking about? Sure, it's scary, but you can make a lot of money with a voice box. Get a voice box. Walk around the streets of Manhattan. You got any spare change? Here's my whole wallet. Get away from me. Ah! Imagine a whole family with voice boxes. That'd be creepy, wouldn't it? They'd be out in that backyard every day during the summer. Dad, can we go to the beach? Yes, get your mother and the dog. We'll leave right now. Sparky, come here. <laughs> <laughs> or the ultimate irony: guy with a voice box pulling up to the drive-through window at McDonald's. That has to suck, huh? Can I help you? Big Mac and a large order of fries. Stop making fun of me. I'm not making fun of you. I'm getting the manager. Get the fucking manager. I don't care. I can remember a time in this country when men were proud to get cancer, goddammit, when it was a sign of manhood. John Wayne had cancer twice. Second time they took out one of his lungs, he said, take them both out. I don't fucking need them. I'll grow gills and breathe like a fish. <laughs> Babe Ruth, greatest baseball player ever to play the game. He had a voice box. He was the first American to have a voice box. Yeah. This is Babe Ruth. This is all about the Bambino. I smoked 25 goddamn black human cigars a day. I had meat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I fucked 18 prostitutes a night. Of course, I'm dead now. <laughs> I'm up here in heaven. Lou Gehrig's up here with me. God love Lou Gehrig. Jesus Christ, poor Lou Gehrig. Died of Lou Gehrig's disease. How the hell did he not see that coming, you know? We used to tell him, Lou, there's a disease with your name all over it, pal. There ain't no Babe Ruth disease, I'll tell you that much right now. Have a hot dog and a Hummer. Go ahead, it's on me. I don't know. Personally, I think Billy Martin said it best when he said, hey, I can drive. Because we tried to be nice to you non-smokers. We fucking tried, okay? You wanted your own sections in the restaurants. We gave you that, huh? but that wasn't enough for you. Then you wanted the airplanes. We gave you the whole goddamn plane. You happy now? You own the fucking plane. I'd like an explanation about that one, folks, because I will guarantee you, if the plane is going down, the first announcement you're going to hear is, <laughs> folks, uh, this is your captain speaking. Look, um, light him up, because we're going down, okay? <laughs> I got a carton of camel non-filters. I'll see you on the ground. Take it easy. Actually, more like this. This is your captain speaking. Smoke them if you got them. Rawr,
2: rawr.
9: The filter's the best part. That's where they put the heroin. Only us real good smokers know that fucking secret. Yeah, we tried to be nice to you non-smokers, but you just fucking badger us. You know, you won't leave us alone you got all your little speeches you're always giving to it, too. Your little facts that you dig out of a newspaper or a pamphlet, and you store that little nugget in your little fucking head, and you see us slide up and you spew them out at us, don't you? I love these little facts. These little facts. Well, you that. Know, smoking takes ten years after life. Well, it's the ten worst years, isn't it, folks? It's the ones at the end. It's the wheelchair, adult, diaper, kidney, dialysis fucking years. You can have those years. We don't want them, all right? And I'll guarantee you, if I'm still alive, then I'll be smoking. I'll be in my wheelchair with my adult diapers on and my 25 year old non smoking born again Christian son behind me. I'll be going, hey, make sure you wipe this time. I was itching all week for Christ's sake. And get me some more whippets. I'm almost out, you fucking pussy. Come on. You're always telling us, well, you know, if you quit smoking now, every cigarette takes three minutes off your life. If you quit now, you could live an extra ten years. If you quit now, you could live an extra twenty years. If you, hey, I got two words for you, okay? Jim Fix. Remember Jim Fix, the big famous jogging guy? Jogged fifteen miles a day, did a jogging book, did a jogging video, and dropped out of a massive heart attack when? When he was fucking jogging, that's when. <laughs> what do you want to bet? It was two smokers who found the body the next morning and went, "Hey, that's Jim Fix, isn't it?" Wow, what a fucking tragedy. Come on, let's go buy some bots. <laughs> It's always the yogurt sprout-eating motherfuckers get run over by a bus driven by a guy who smokes three and a half packs a day. Sorry, officer, I didn't see him. I was too busy smoking!
0: Dennis Leary with his classic pro-smoking rant. And that clip was kind of two blasphemies in one because on the one hand you had the praising of smoking, but also it was Dennis Leary. And I know all of the Bill Hicks worshippers these days have made a hobby out of bashing Dennis Leary and accusing him of doing all sorts of things. Stealing everything in his catalog. Well, as I've said many times on the show before, I don't really see too much merit in those arguments, and it certainly hasn't stopped me from playing Dennis Leary on this show. I most certainly love that album, one of my favorites, Dennis Leary's No Cure for Cancer. You are listening to episode number 500 of The Devil's Mischief, a special theme this hour on modern day Sacred Cows. In some ways, this is kind of a Best of Devil's Mischief episode, you could say. I say kind of, because there's really no way that I could comb through all 11 years worth of episodes and cram everything into one hour. I had a hard enough time trying to narrow things down to just a few episodes to celebrate the 10th anniversary last year, and I could have easily turned this episode into two or three parts with the same theme, but I decided not to. I just wanted to pick things that came to mind, search for a little more, and throw it together in an hour, give that to you. And I am not only celebrating 500 episodes, but also 11 years of The Devil's Mischief. The 11th anniversary just passed recently. But rather than celebrate that, I figured I'd just wait and celebrate episode number 500. And I have to say that my happiest comedy discovery in all of those 11 years was Doug Stanhope. I hadn't heard of him before I started The Devil's Mischief, but I think I finally stumbled across him in 2005 or so. Let's hear Doug Stanhope on charities and good guy badges, dead celebrity legends, and Jews...
3: Whatever your cause, your charity, or your drive, your effort, audit it. Make sure, because so much of it is symbolism over substance, where people think they're helping by doing nothing. Audit all the time and effort and see if you're actually affecting change, rather than just Oh, we're gonna have a 10K fun run for the cure. Come on down on Sunday, it's a 10K fun run for the cure. Why? Why? When has running ever cured anything? I don't understand the cause and effect on this. Is is that how Jonas Salt cured polio? Is by speed walking around the track down at St. Mary's High School with a wife beater on and a paper number safety pin to his back? Oh, we're doing it for the cure. How are you curing anything? Well, what I do is I get sponsors, and every time I go around the track another time, my sponsor gives me another quarter for the cure, so I gotta go as many times as I... (laughs) Are your friends that sick and sadomasochistic that they wouldn't just cut you a check outright for the cure? (laughs) They make you do weird shit first? Larry, you know my daughter was born with cerebral palsy and we're trying to get a big fundraiser going. Really? Yeah. How many hard-boiled eggs will you eat? Come on. Come on. You love your kid, right? Come on. No, they would cut you a check out, right? But you're that much of a fucking megalomaniac that you have to make the cure about you. You need spotlight in this. You could just get a check, but no one's going to fucking be, oh, no, you know, the truth is I do this same speed walk at St. Mary's every morning at 6.30 before work with my Labrador, Sheba, trying to shed a few pounds, you know, but no one claps for me then and calls me heroic, so I'm going to do it on Sunday afternoon for the cure, and everyone's going to go, go, Ray, go! Yeah, you could do it, but you want to fucking, it's a 10K fun run about you, you fucking megalomaniac. Stop it. You know you're not doing shit. You can just get the check from your friend and then actually do something that means something other than running. We're, c- we're getting donations and we're petitioning City Hall for a spot in the park to be- make a big granite slab for the victims and the sufferers and the survivors of the thing. And then we're going to painstakingly etch each name of the people into the stone at great expense. For what? It's a fucking chunk of rock. It doesn't help. Put that time and effort and money into actually something that's calculated that actually helps. We're going to knit a SARS quilt. It's going to take all summer long. Because there's people with SARS and they're chilly with SARS and they need quilt. What? We're going to have a, a prayer circle. We're going to have a candlelight vigil at midnight. Could you do less? Mathematically, ask your accountant if there's any way you could do any less than that. Well, we are raising awareness. Raising awareness is another form of doing nothing. Only now you're making me aware that the nothing that I've been doing is not up to par with the nothing that you're doing for such a noble cause. Why don't you do my nothing for your car? We'll watch Storage Wars for the Cure, and then we'll both be happy in our impotence, and we'll find out what's in that safe. We all win. Raising awareness is me standing next to a drainage ditch where a guy just hit a goat, with his moped on the highway, and now they're in the ditch, laying in the muck with compound fractures, and the dude's got a bone sticking through his leg, and the fucking goat's got a bone sticking through his fur. They're both laying there in agony, and I'm raising awareness by standing above them, shouting down an empty highway, Look! Look! Ew! They're going, no, help! They're going, no, no, no. Look! It's way easier to just look! Hey, this is Doug Stanhope, and you're listening to the Devil's Mischief on Radio Free
0: Satan.
5: Satan Splane.
6: Satanic Talk with Church of Satan Magister Bill M.
0: It's not Satan worship, it's Satanism, it's embracing the life-enriching things which have traditionally been given the devil's name. Pride, lust, earthly success, rational self-interest, atheism, humor, nonconformity, science, a passion for living, being selective about whom and love. We don't see these as shameful sins, but empowering ideals. And we also recognize the psychological power and fun of symbolism and aesthetics, so we utilize satan as mythology's most fitting mascot for what we're about
6: listen to satansplain learn more at satansplain.com
3: i didn't i i wrote this uh bunch of jew hating stuff i didn't intend to i was over in scotland every year in august in edinburgh scotland they have the fringe festival it's the biggest arts festival in the world it's a whole month long and i'm there in august and uh some Jackass writer for the uh, London Times. He's, trying to, he's writing a story about anti-Semitism at the fringe. And they had found a review of mine from earlier in the festival, this anti-Semitic guy, and, he, and, and where I had been quoted out of context, like, oh, it, just a string of blurbs. He says shocking things like blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And one of the things I had said that he quoted was, I hate the Jews. <laughs> which sounds (laughs) anti-Semitic. So all of a sudden, I get thrown into his little piece of literature, and I had said it. I had said it, yeah, without question, but I had said it like in a happy, fun-loving, Jew-hating way. There's no animosity. It wasn't even a bit of mine. It was just some aside when I was rambling about, fucking Mel Gibson was in the news at that time, and I'm rambling about him being called anti-Semitic, going, why is he getting so much press? He's an actor, who gives a fuck what he thinks? I need press, I hate the Jews, give me press. And ironically, yeah, bam, 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 banging on the door. It's a fucking funny story. If you know me, if you guys have known me for a while, I've been doing this 17 years, and I, I, I could fill three CDs worth of just the Christian bashing alone I've done over my career. I've done Mormon bashing and Muslim bashing. I'll do, I'll do more Scientology bashing once I have a stronger legal team, but... But it wasn't. It wasn't until this phone call that I realized I've never done any Jew bashing in my whole career. All the religion bashing I've done, I never fuck with the Jews. I'm like, why? How did they ever escape? <laughs> the, the, and they do. They you don't know, in religion bashing. Jews never get fucked with because a they don't have the aggressive recruiting policies that other. Religions, dude. They don't have billboards every 30 feet. Yeah, be a Jew or burning hell. Jew God is watching you. They're not banging on your fucking door with pamphlets. We want to talk to you about Judaism. <laughs> So they don't get shit for that, they don't get shit because they have that Holocaust sympathy they can surf on for another 15 years till the last survivor dies or till History Channel goes out of business. But... <laughs> and, and the Jews, to their credit, they don't have the history of atrocities that other religions have. They don't, cause they fucking lost all the time, sorry. <laughs> right. But they don't, yeah, they, they're not like, you know, the Muslims and Catholics. I've heard so many comics doing bits about this new pope. Oh, isn't it scary? This new pope used to be a Nazi? And you go, not when you look at their track record side by side. The Nazis versus the Catholic Church. The Nazis only lasted a dozen years, and they got their ass handed to them in a high hat. <laughs> Catholic Church has been, has a far more prosperous and prestigious record of murder and torture and tyranny and oppression and nonsense, not to mention the kid fucking. And they're still around and more popular than ever. I'd be far more afraid to hear someone go, you know that new Nazi? He used to be a Pope. No shit? I'm fucking out of here. That guy's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So fuck the Jews. That's what I'm saying. I guess fuck the Jews. I'm sorry. I never said it over the course of my career, but fuck the Jews. Just for being a religion at all, you're as complicit as the rest in the retardation of human intellectual progress. Fuck you too. Fuck you. My brother's a Jew. My brother's a Jew and I fucking fuck him too. I hate his guts for it. Not like I'm like hate hate level, but fuck what do you you think? He converted because the only humorless cunt in his life that would ever fuck him twice, he had to cave in and marry her. Because he's afraid to die alone, but but he doesn't mind settling for less, and now they're together in, in a passionless swamp of a relationship. And they teach their kids that shit. See, the parents wouldn't have him if he wasn't converted to Judaism, because they're racist. And there's another reason to fuck the Jews. I don't like racists. Fuck you, too. Jew. You're not good enough if you're not a Jew. Fuck you. Mostly, I hate the Jews, because they're wicked annoying. Can we agree on that? (laughs) Really, they're wicked annoying. (laughs) Of all the religions I've been around, the Jews have a tendency to throw their Judaism into whatever conversation you're having, any topic, whatever the subject. Whoa, that's funny because I'm a Jew. Oh, what? Oh, I have a typical Jewish mother. Did I say I grew up Jewish? Well, my Jew family. A Jew, 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 Jew. That's all I got to say. Jew, Jew. Why? Why? Why do you keep saying Jew? Why do you keep saying Jew? I'm at an airport bar with you. I have to talk to you, but can you stop reminding me that you're irrational in every third sentence? It's like like people who are really into their astrological sign and they have to pitch that in whatever conversation you're having to define themselves. That's funny, I'm a Virgo. Here's my Virgo coming out again. You're going to have to excuse me. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. It's because I'm a Virgo. No, it's because you're a douchebag. And you've been busting my balls all day. It has nothing to do with your astrological sign or some alignment of the stars. It's because you're a shithead. And it's time for you to take individual responsibility for who you are. Don't act. Like if your parents had fucked a month earlier, you'd be feeding me chili dogs and letting shit slide. You're an asshole. Be who you are, but I'm a Jew. We naturally carry a lot of guilt. It's a Jewish thing. No, it's a you thing. You that fuck it in that chair. That's nothing to do with Judy. If you have guilt, maybe you're weak of character. Maybe you're fucking guilty of something, I don't know. Maybe you just stole that bottle of Jaeger out of my freezer and you just, but it has nothing to do with some ancient tribe of blah, blah, blah. That is, that's not attached to your DNA, right? By the, by, the, by the same logic, we all come from apes, but I don't throw ape in every conversation. Use ape to define myself. Use ape as an excuse to defecate in my thumbless mitt and then hurl it at you. I'm sorry, did I just splatter you with wet feces? I'm sorry, I have a very rich ape upbringing, a strong ape heritage. I'm an ape, 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 ape really worthless as an individual anybody anybody who defines themselves solely on their their race or their religion or their nationality if that's the first thing out of your mouth what are you all about if that's the first thing on your myspace page well i'm an irish american boy what the fuck is that you got nothing else community college and something else but you use that Fucking trivia, because you got nothing to say. (laughs) Useless.
2: (coughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) I'm kinda out of shit. Not in this set. I mean, I have some stuff I put on paper, but in the long term, I I think I'm out of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking cannibalizing my own... 17 years. What else do you have to say? If I die soon, don't ever say I died too young. (laughs) Every time an artist dies young, I go like nine more days before I'm 40. If I still have that three in front of my number, maybe they'll say I died young. If I have the four, died early perhaps. (laughs) Died not as late as he coulda. But every time an artist dies young, Kurt Cobain or whatever, there's always the people... It's so sad. He had so much more to give. How do you know? Maybe he was out of shit. How do you know? He's done. He got all the money, he did all the drugs, he fucked all your holes, and that's the American dream. And when you're done with that, you go, oh, that's why they call it a dream. It's bullshit. I'm still empty. And he cashed out. Maybe... How do you know what any artist had left? How do you know if Jimi Hendrix hadn't have died, he wouldn't have wound up doing Super Bowl halftime duets with Elton John right now? Rocket Man! You're going, this is tragic. Why didn't that guy die? He was my hero. I don't want to see this. It's fucking pathetic. How do you know if Lenny Bruce hadn't died, he wouldn't have wound up taking over Andy Rooney's spot at the end of 60 Minutes, just some crusty old cunt with wiry eyebrows bitching about ATM fees and a cluttered death? What do you know? Maybe he's out of shit.
0: You have been listening to The Devil's Mischief on Radio Free Satan. Visit the website devilsmischief.com to learn more about the show. You can also email me, bill at devilsmischief.com is the email address. And thank you for celebrating half a thousand episodes of The Devil's Mischief with me. I had to delay the show by a week because I was too busy with other things, but I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. What will the next 500 episodes bring? How long will I keep the show going? Well, we'll see. I'm going to leave you now with a musical number from Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Also making a surprise guest appearance in the song is Conan O'Brien. And it's a song that targets yet another modern sacred cow, especially if you're on the internet. Another certain type of being that's constantly deified and claimed to be superior. And I'm really sick of hearing about all that. So here is a song called Cats Are Cunts. Thank you again. I've got more to share in the future, so keep listening to The Devil's Mischief. Hail Satan. Bye-bye. You know...
6: Dogs aren't clever, they eat their own tongue. They whine like babies and sweat through their tongue. The big ones are stupid, the small are high-strung, but cats are cunts. <laughs> Dogs are filthy, they get ticks and fleas, they drag their asses and give Lyme disease. You have to train them, pick up their crap on your knees, but cats are cats. Your own habitat. <laughs> you know. Dogs get ribbies, they drool and they fart. They drink from toilets, they're not very smart. They get worms, but they're better than their counterpart, cause cancer. Conan O'Brien, what do you want? This is my show! My! I! My show! What are you doing here?
3: Yes?
6: What the hell are you doing? I don't know. Singing a ditty? I have put up with your crap
1: for years. But tonight you have crossed some kind of line. This is wrong!
6: This is wrong. What will Leatherman say?
1: (laughs) This is clearly a crowd that expects more from you, Triumph. You have an audience of intelligent people here. (laughs) You could appeal to these people's higher nature.
6: All right. What are you going to do about it?
1: I was listening backstage. I like the melody. I wrote some lyrics that I think speaks to the intelligence and humanity of this crowd
6: tonight. (laughs) Good luck. in peace Very nice We wouldn't have famine or disease (laughs) Brothers and
2: sisters
0: Should do as they please But cats are (laughs)
6: One, two, three. Cats are cons, cons are cats. Cats are cons, cons are cats. It's easy to learn. So let's all say that. Cats are cons, cons are cats. Cats are cons, cons are cats. So spread
0: the word to your own habitat.
6: Why do you think they call it pussy? <laughs> cats are cons!
3: That's the end.